first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Zoe, and today we're going to be talking about the 2021 Oscar nominees, Secret of the Whales, Family Reunion, and The Truffle Hunters. And right now we're going to be starting with the 2021 Oscar nominations with Ishan and Josh Tita. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Great. All right. So, is um, Ishan, is there any specific category of the Oscars that you mainly look forward to or that you just think, um, or that just really interests you in general? I think definitely the one that everyone's going to be looking out for is Best Picture. That's the the big main one. But also I'm interested in probably um, Best Animated Feature Film and also uh, Best Actor in a Leading Role, which is going to be really interesting because they have Chadwick Boseman in there, who uh, the late Chadwick Boseman, who unfortunately he passed away, but he's done such an amazing job in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Definitely. I think the competition this year is going to be quite fierce. <laughs> Um, Jashita, is there any film in particular that you think is going to win, no matter like what category, but it's just there, there's a film that in general you like fell in love with? Probably Soul, but yeah, probably Soul. I don't know, like the animation categories kind of stand out to me, but if it was going to be like a short film, maybe if anything happens, I love you. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have to no, I did see Soul. I, I really liked it. I thought the animation was um, out of the world, so... Speaking about animation, is it, do you think it's unfair to have the same category um, films that are different types of animations? For example, some of them are 2D and some of them are 3D. Um, that's for Ishan. Uh, that's, that's a really interesting question. I actually haven't thought of that before. But honestly, right now, given the sheer number of films that are being produced in each different category, it might be a good idea uh, to you know, diversify that um, and you know, uh, specify exactly which type of animation. So yeah, that might be a good idea. Yeah, I just feel like sometimes it's going to be kind of hard to judge. I guess mainly by the storylines is what people are going to be going by. But at the same time, since they are animated, it's always nice to see which animation really captured people's attention. That's true. And Dashita, are there? do you think that the stories are as good as the animation? Or do you think sometimes the animation takes over the actual storylines? One thing that I've noticed is that if the animation is really high quality, typically the, like, there was a lot of money invested in like the writing and the screenwriting as well. Like, for example, Ryan the Last Dragon, the animation kind of fell off and so did the screenwriting. And then with Soul, like everything was just done so well. So I feel like it's pretty consistent, like just based. I, I think the animation and the writing is usually on par with each other. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Oh, Ishan, I, I asked this to Jessica, but I did not ask you yet. What was your favorite film of the year? Something that really stood out to you? Oh, man. All of them have been so amazing. I've seen quite a few of them on that list, but I have to say The Father and Minari are my top two. Those are the two films that I like kind of have imprinted in my mind. Um, those definitely leave a lasting impact and they're put together so beautifully. I haven't seen them, but um, I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah, I'm really indecisive, but I'm, I think the Oscars are something that is very fun to watch if you're ever just bored. And they're, I, they're really interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. Um... Okay, so what is your favorite type of animation and what was kind of your favorite story, Joshita? Uh, well, um, it's like, when you say like favorite type of animation, like, uh, like what exactly? 
So first of all, it was computer animated. And for Wolfwalkers, for example, it was 2D animation. Like it was all hand-drawn. I really liked Wolfwalkers. Like with the, the two, I, I, I don't know. I just love the art. And I think there's it, it's more heartfelt. But does that make more sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess I, I definitely agree. I think, I, I don't know. I guess I just tend to fall back towards like the 2D anim- style animation more. Uh, I guess it just, yeah. I, no, yeah, me too. Like I love Song of the Sea. These are all kind of Greek, I don't know, mythologies, I guess. But I, 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 those are the type of animations that I, I guess, like the most. And also computer animated um, and stop motion. There's a lot of interesting things. <laughs> Yeah, I think stop motion takes the cake, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it. The um, there's a lot of, I guess, diversity when it comes to animation. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and today we're talking about the 2021 Oscar nominations: Secret of the Whales, Family Reunion, and the Truffle Hunters. And right now, we're 2021 Oscar nominations with Ishan and Joshita. So, Ishan, is there any film that you think really deserved the win? Because I know sometimes people favor over one, but there's just one that's more work and more money and more production went into making the film. So, yeah. (laughs) So, out of the ones that are on the list, I'd have to say that for sure, Soul, for an animated film, that's just an amazing, amazing, amazing piece of work. They've really put their heart and soul into making Soul. Um, and also, I think uh, Minari, because uh, the, the studio where Minari comes from is just generally known for making these sort of kind of alternative indie films. Like, they 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 don't really follow much of a formula. They, they tend to deal with some interesting topics. And I think that Minari really takes the cake uh, in that department. Yeah, I have not seen Minari, but I have seen Soul. And I have to agree with you. I, their soul was definitely put into Soul. Um, Joshita, is there any film that you think should have made the list to at least be nominated for the Oscars, even if it wasn't going to win, just something that, um, not necessarily your favorite film, but something you feel deserved to at least have the nomination? Um, maybe I Care A Lot. That was a Netflix film. Um, and it was, I think just the directing was done so well that I, I think the cinematography, just for the cinematography, it should have probably been nominated. Yeah, I... I- you know, I gotta watch more Netflix. Recently, I haven't watched absolutely anything. So, um, but you guys, I'm sure, I'm gonna take your word for everything you're saying. And thank you so much for talking with me. Absolutely, thanks. Thank you so much. Let's take a break. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And today's show is sponsored live from Mount Olympus from Tracks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking about the 2021 Oscar nominees, and right now we're going to be talking to Dominic and Aprova about Secrets of the Whales. How are you guys? I'm doing good. How about you? Pretty good. So, oh, Dominic, can you start off by telling me, like, what was this documentary kind of about? Um, this documentary is about, um, um, it's, a, it's a four-part documentary series about um, whales and their, like, breeding, breeding patterns, their language, and all their other secrets. And, yeah. Yeah, I know this was uh, filmed, uh, I think, amongst three years, and there was, like, 24 locations. It was crazy. Um, yeah. Approve this documentary is produced by James Cameron and this documentary looks spectacular and really emotional. Well, at least I, I thought it looked emotional. I don't know. I love animals. So do you think this documentary really has his imprint? Um, I don't know much about James Cameron, but from what I've heard, yes, I do. Um, I think he, he's most more of a drama guy, if I'm not wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. Known for like I think science fiction, and I, he has like, these really epic films. Um, I also don't know too much about James Cameron, but I figured this film, um, it just looks so well, and not really film, more like documentary, and it has like four parts, so it's kind of like a mini series. So, um, Dominic, what does Sigourney Weaver bring to the story with her beautiful narration? Um, well, first of all, the it's really captivating, like. I feel like I'm right there in the moment. Like, it's so real. Well, it is realistic, but yeah. Um, I just feel like I'm right there. Like, it's right in front of me. That's awesome. I know sometimes um, with specific types of documentaries, at least, they can get kind of boring or the narration is very robotic and it kind of throws you off at one point. But um, Sigourney Weaver just, I think she definitely tied this film together. Um, so, Aprova, what lies behind the title, um, and I guess what kind of what surprised you the most about what they kind of talked about, like about whales? Okay, so based on the title, I was kind of expecting to learn about like the in-depth little things of of the um, of the series, but it kind of just went over a lot of the already well-known facts about whales. I mean, of course, it's kind of a people thing. Like some people know more about whales, some people know less, but 
for me it was more of like a review but what stood out about it the most was that it made it fun to watch it of course i did learn a few new things but it was fun to watch it was like a drama tv show or something like that you know but with whales instead of humans so that was kind of the most surprising thing about it um yeah yeah i guess um if you kind of already know a lot about whales um, do you think personally that that kind of disappointed you i guess in the aspect of trying to like learn more about them like if someone kind of already knows but they want to know more well this ex- is this not like the right thing to expand their knowledge Oh, um, I would say yes. See, I take an interest in animals, so I read a lot of books about animals, and I love fish and sea creatures especially, so I read a lot about those things. So I think I'm a bit different than everyone else, and I also learned some new things as well. So I'd say if you want to learn a lot, a lot about whales, this would definitely be the way to go. Um, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make a difference that for me it was like this i think for most people this would be a pretty pretty um good series if you want to learn about whales also i think whales are a very um fun topic i like seeing them jump from the water in those videos that we see on youtube so um dominic we've been talking about like we can learn a lot from most but what did you learn from i guess watching this about whales well i learned a lot of like these whale secrets like It's so interesting how humpbacks use coral to echo their sound for thousands of more miles for mating. And how beluga whales have special breeding spots that they go to every year. And there's at least 2,000 of them there. And orca whales, they have very interesting um, hunting patterns for different kinds of species of animals. So one more question for Approva before we go. What do you think is the age range and star rating of The Secret of the Whales? Um, the age range would be 5 to 18 plus adults. It's more like a family show. Um, and star rating would be, I would say, 4.5 out of 5 stars. And Dominic, what would you give the age range and star rating for this miniseries? Well, I'd... Re- I'd- recommend it for ages 8 to 18 and adults adults would like, like this too especially those who are really interested in marine ecology and i give it five out of five stars and i'd give it a lot more if i could awesome well thank you guys so much for talking with me so you're listening to kids first coming attractions and today we talked about the 2021 oscar nominees we just finished talking about the secret of whales um, family reunion and truffle hunters and now i'm going to be passing it on to dominic's review with the director and photography director of this film hi folks i'm dominic DeGravio reporting for kids first today we have the honor to speak with brian scurry and brian armstrong about secrets of the whales a new national geographic four-part documentary which begins streaming on disney plus on earth day april 22nd 2021 Let's dive right in. The first questions are for Mr. Scurry. Your research, which contributed to the film series, is simply astonishing. It took you three years, and you covered 24 locations while filming, which I'm sure had its challenges. What was your biggest success in filming for this series? Well, you make a really great point, Dominic. You know, the notion of doing a series about whale culture is 
filled with many challenges. Just working in the ocean alone is hard, you know. You have to have good weather to get in a boat and go out to sea. The whales have to be there. The underwater visibility has to be good because we need to get very close to the whales. Even in the clearest of water, we can't use telephoto lenses. The sun generally has to be shining for us to see the whales and get detail and color. And then ideally, they're doing something interesting and will let us close. So, so those were a lot of the real big challenges that we had to face in doing something like Secrets of the Whales. Um, there, there, uh, the second part of your question was about what exactly did we sort of learn or what, I'm sorry, what was the last part? Um, what was your big success in filming this series? Success. Well, you know, we had a shot list going in. So Brian and I had meetings. We talked about the kinds of things we hoped we could capture with whale culture, something that really hadn't been done before. So you have a kind of a big wish list. Um, but we actually exceeded that despite all of those challenges. We not only were able to achieve all the things we hoped we would get, but we got so much more. There were so many beautiful jewels, moments that you could never be so bold as to script, and they just happened. You know, an orca feeding uh, me a stingray or seeing a, a, a mom carry her dead baby or a sperm whale mom trusting us to let us close and get that behavior that had never been filmed before. So, you know, there there was so many of those moments and it was really a, a great privilege to be able to see all of those things uh, during the course of filming Secrets of the Whales. That is a huge success to see all those um, majestic moments with whales and I really I really wish I was there because <laughs> they just actually captured me right there. All right. I, I was right there. Cool. And now for Mr. Armstrong. You had an extensive career with National Geographic and I'm sure that you've been in a wide variety of places on the globe, but filming of Secrets of the Whales took you, in, took you into some pretty remote locations. As a director, what challenges did this film present? Well, as, as the other Brian was saying, you add salt water to anything when you're trying to make a film, and you have a recipe for chaos. You know, the ocean is the natural-born enemy for anything electronic, and we have a lot of electronics when we're, we're doing our, our filming and we also have jibs and things that can rust. And we have, you know, long lenses and gyro-stabilized cameras. And, and that's just, a, it's just a real challenge when, when you're out there. In terms of locations, I, I got to spend seven weeks in Antarctica. And that is, is it, you felt like you're at the end of the earth, in the, in, but in the best sense of the world. It, it would, it, it's, uh, it's this environment that is, that is unique and, and spectacular. And the whales there... It just felt like they were giving us a gift every time we tried to, to film with them. We came across one humpback that was sleeping, and I really wanted a shot of its, of its eye opening up. So we put our, our cameraman, Ernie Kovacs, in the water from 200 metres out, and he swam very, very quietly up to the whale. He was really close, and he just got underneath it, no scuba gear, just really quiet, and just waited and waited, and then its eye opened, this big, huge eye opened. And it's a little tricky because the... The eyelids are a little different to ours to work out where that eye is going to be. And then it's like, well, what's it going to do now? You know, because it's got the largest pectoral fins of any animal on the planet. And along the edge are all these barnacles that are super sharp. You could take off his head. How would you feel if you wake up from your sleep and there's someone looking at you with a big single uh, camera lens like this? You know, you could freak out. But this, this whale... It decided that it wasn't going to freak out. It decided it wanted to play. And this is something that, that Brian Scary has experienced a lot as well, where these are, are such sentient beings and they're so curious. 
and it just swam around Ernie and played and played, and it was just it was just a real a real delight and a privilege to for it to let us into its world like that. Thank you for sharing that. That was actually really interesting, Mr. Scurry. What advice do you have for people who dream of reaching the point of excellence you have reached with photography? That's a great question, Dominic. I would say that, you know, whatever your passion is, whatever your dream is, you should follow it. You know, don't let anybody tell you you can't do something because I am living proof that, you know, you can do anything. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And I think you just have to have um, a, a great desire to, to do the things that you dream about and a great strategy. You know, it's one thing to dream about something, but unless you have a plan, unless you can figure out how am I going to get from where I am today to where I want to be in five years or 10 years or 20 years, then it might not happen. So, you know, it's great to have passion and dreams, but also think about it like a little bit of a business. You know, what do I need to do? If I want to be a great photographer, I need a great portfolio or a videographer. I need a great reel, a, a collection of my best moments. So what skills do I need to acquire along the way? Do I need to go to college? Do I need to take workshops? Do I need to apprentice with another photographer or filmmaker? These are all the things that you can do to get the skills to then, you know, reach that level of excellence that you want to do. But at the end of the day, it's about passion, about a big dream and a strategy for success. We can certainly appreciate that. Thank you so much, Brian Scurry and Brian Armstrong, for talking with us today. Let's take a break. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And today's show is sponsored live from Mount Olympics Rim Tracks. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. 
Hey, welcome back. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished talking about Secret of the Whales, and right now we're going to be talking to Micah from oh, about Family Reunion. So how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Good to hear. So uh, I just want to know, what is this series about? So Family Reunion, this is season two or part three, and it's basically about um, an ex-NFL tight end named Moses McKellen and his wife, Coco, who, with their four children, are still living with Moses' parents. And Moses and Coco this season are trying to, like, sort out their financial issues. But with that, there's a lot of conflict and hardships, and they have to um, work together as a family to overcome all of it. Yeah, I saw the trailer, and it actually looks really interesting. Um, I also want to know, like, what makes this sitcom different to others? I don't want to compare it to anything, but just asking, is there anything that really just differs it? Well, I think it's like it's um, faith based, which um, really it gives a new perspective on different or on then different shows do. And it's relatable for a lot of people. It tackles many different issues such as race and death. And especially in this season, it has a lot of more, more mature themes. So I think with that, it really it sets itself aside from a lot of different series. Yeah, for sure. Do you think we're seeing more diversity in this series uh, versus any other series or, I guess, sitcom that there is out there right now? Well, this um, show is uh, primarily focused on um, a Black family. So we mostly see... um, that those main characters in the show but there are uh, there is some diversity which is a good topic to face because um um different discrimination goes both ways so this will be a good thing to have and it is very diverse even though it's centered on a black family yeah i think that's awesome um especially that we're seeing a lot more of this nowadays and i just want to like what was your favorite i guess episode out of the two seasons that there are my favorite episode um, well, I really liked the episode um, when Daddy came home out of the two seasons, um, which is about where Moe just um, reconnects with his faith and just connects with God and just come back to his faith. And uh, my, I also like um, in this new season, remember when Madeir changed history and it has a lot of different scenarios and situations and flashbacks. And it also includes a lot of music, which is a good um a good component that it added because a lot of people are really passionate about music and they really work with music very well. That's, I, I love music. So I think that was something that I would definitely be interested in watching. What would you kind of not recommend this film, like not more Adrian's more like personally, who would you recommend it to if that makes sense? Like, you know, music lovers or someone who just wants to have like a good laugh. I think it's appropriate for, all groups of people it it really uh talks about different issues like i said it talks about it talks about a lot of things that can be relatable to all different kinds of group of people like um um their faith and their tackles with race and everything so i think a lot of people will really appreciate it and can enjoy it like you said if they want a good laugh this is the series for them and it really it has a comedic uh comedic um aspect to it which makes it even better that's Oh, beautiful. That's awesome. And is there any um, cast member that really stood out to you or just one that, I don't know, you connected with? 
Well, my favorite character would be Madeir, Loretta Devine. She does a really great job portraying her character with her sarcastic humor. I, I really love when characters like feisty and fight for what they want. And she's really that type of character. And she always wants to be the center of detention, which makes her really interesting to watch. And I think Loretta Devine does a great job doing that. Yeah, for sure. So what age range and star rating would you give the family rating? recommend family reunion for ages 9 to 18 plus adults and it's a great family series and I rate it five out of five stars it was a really amazing series and I can't wait for what the future holds for it me too I'm definitely gonna catch up on those two seasons that I miss and it's lovely talking to you thank you so much you're listening to Gets First Coming Attractions, and today we've been talking about the 2021 Oscar nominations, The Secret of Wales Family Reunion, and right now I'm going to be talking to Ashley about the Truffle Hunters. How are you, Ashley? Hi. Hi. I'm good. So, I love, that's awesome. I love dogs and truffle. Whenever I go to like a restaurant, I always ask for truffle fries, um, and I'm sure that this documentary is very original and unique and will discover a lot of things that dogs are capable to do. So do you think this documentary is interesting for non-dog lovers as well? Definitely. So even I'm a personally not a dog lover, but I did realize that there are a lot of dogs in this film. Um, so I definitely pinpointed that this would be a documentary that a lot of dog lovers will enjoy, but also non-dog dog lovers as well. Awesome. And can you kind of tell us what this documentary is about? Because saying dog lovers will think us that this is a documentary about dogs, when in reality, it kind of is, but kind of isn't at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this film is about, um, it's a, a documentary about truffle hunters. So um, first, a truffle is um, a mushroom that's mainly grown in the woods, uh, usually in places like Italy, for example. And they're they, apparently they have a garlicky taste. Zoe, I've not tasted truffle before, so I don't know what it tastes like. But um, it just shows the analytic process of getting the truffle into the restaurant um, from the truffle hunting to the, um, you know, the selling of the truffles and the more selling of the truffles, a lot of sniffing of the truffles, which I found pretty weird, low key. Um, and then finally, the, you know, eating of the truffles. Yeah, I actually, I didn't know truffle was a mushroom. <laughs> That's really cool. Because I know truffle has a very particular taste and smell. And for some, it acquires a very um, acquired taste. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting that dogs could actually sniff truffle from the ground. I would have never thought dogs were capable yeah. of doing so much. Um, do you think this odd, this documentary will inspire audiences to discover truffle and maybe try it maybe even for picky eaters because personally I love it but I know some friends who don't really like it too much yeah um from again I have not tasted the truffle before um in the movie they oh, in the documentary they described it as a garlicky taste um it looks good um in the in the restaurant um but I would definitely, I think this would encourage people to taste it because I really, really want to taste it now. Like, I really do. So, yeah. So, I actually don't recall it tasting at all like garlic. Like, well, maybe just a little bit. But um, on French fries, that's, mm. that's um, and a mac and cheese. <laughs> so, the cinematography also looks impeccable. And having the point of view of dogs definitely creates empathy. So, what do you think is your favorite scene um, in this film? 
Yeah, so actually my favorite scenes are definitely with um, a truffle hunter named Carlo um, and his dog Titana. So those, it's like a couple of scenes with them in it. But I like uh, those scenes in it because even though um, Carlo um, doesn't have, you know, a wife or, you know, family members surrounding him um, in his older years and of age, he has his loyal dog like right next to him. And he's always talking to his dog as if he's like really, if she's really part of the family, which I found so heartwarming um, because even again, as a, not a dog lover, like as most people are, it really, it really showed how dogs and humans get along really well. Yeah. I mean, my dog, we have this connection, man. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, uh, I love her to death. I will definitely be teaching her how to get me triple because I don't have <laughs> But what do you think audiences are going to take away from this film? Um, definitely um, slow down with life. I think that um, once you see this film, because once I saw this film, I really took the time to sit back and just really be like, okay, there's some certain things that um, I don't necessarily have to think about too much in life. I can just slow down, take a breath and enjoy life for what it is. I love how that's such like a meaningful meaning when this is a documentary about food, but I think that's <laughs> at the same time. Um, so thank you so much, Ashley, for talking with me. I really want to watch this now as a truffle and dog lover. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And today's show is sponsored live from Mount Olympics from Tracks. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday.
you are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Zoe, and you've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. So far, we talk about the 2021 Oscar nominees, The Secret of Wales, Family Reunion, Truffle Hunters, and right now we're going to be passing it out to Kiefer, who's interviewing Tisha Custodio on The Big Shop. Hello, my name is Kiefer Cartine, reporting for Kids First, and today we have a very special treat for you. We are interviewing a rising star. Tisha Custodio is a stage and screen actress. From an early age, Tisha worked on numerous short films and theater productions, both on and behind the scenes. She gained experience on and off camera. In high school, she gained a reputation for being a dedicated and passionate artist and who always looked for the next creative opportunity. Well, her talent is finally being recognized, and I'm very happy to announce that she is going to be starring and being in her first television debut as Carolyn Mouse-Smith in the upcoming sports dramedy series Big Shot, which premieres on Disney Plus April 16th. Tisha, I'm very happy to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So, uh, first of all, I just need to congratulate you on all your success and for this show. Uh, it's fantastic. So, uh, let's, let's just start from the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about the show and where your character, Mouse, fits in this outstanding ensemble? Yeah, so Big Shot is about a temperamental college basketball coach who gets fired from his job and ends up having to teach an all-girls high school and teach him, teach him basketball. And Mouse is one of the girls in the basketball team. She's the youngest, she's the shortest, and she's also the most passionate about coach going to this school and coaching them because she she thinks that this is a good thing for them and i when i first saw this and of course when you first told me about it i was overjoyed because mm-hmm. i found this was like one of the perfect things because it, it matches you you really fit this character and mm-hmm. but when i was funny the first thing i heard was oh yes tish has got a big break but oh no, sports. Hey, we went to an art school. We weren't around sports that much, but we, I, I found a way to look like I knew how to play before the audition. And luckily we had girls that weren't as experienced um, be in this cast too. So we had this basketball coordinator who was amazing, Gila Snowden, and she taught us basically from the ground up, how to play basketball and how to appreciate the sport. And I would imagine during that time, not only was it a great time to kind of like, you know, understand it, I'm not even going to try because I'm a terrible sports at anything physical, so I'm not going to talk. Um, but it, it must have been a great chance for you to really bond with this, with this cast because that's it's really what it's about. It's about friendship, it's about supporting one another. So can you explain maybe the process during which that training kind of like brought you guys together? Yeah. So when we all booked the show, it, we went into a month long intensive basketball training session and we really started to feel like an actual team. And I feel like that team spirit leaked into our work as actors because we all knew each other so well and we knew our strengths, our weaknesses, how to help each other through the hard times and, the good times and celebrate those. Was there like a particular moment while you were training that you're like, you looked at each other like, 
this is going to work. Because you never know, when, especially with, the, with, with other people you've never worked with before. Yeah, I feel like we, we had an audition for basketball. And we went through this whole trial thing together. And we just instantly bonded. So that chemistry was always there. But I think the first time that we really looked at each other and said, oh, we can actually do this. This isn't that hard is when we wrapped the first episode of the season and we went through all of this and we actually understood how basketball correlates into acting because at first it was just, why are we playing basketball again? I don't, I don't really understand what we're doing anymore because it was just, it was a month long thing and our lives were basically centered around this basketball session but yeah, it, the first episode just really hit us in a way that we knew how big this show is and how important it is and how excited we are. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we've been talking about the 2021 Oscar nominees, Secret of Wales, Family Reunion, Triple Hunters, and now we're going to be continuing Kiefer's interview with Tisha Castillo on The Big Shop. And you mentioned, because... This was kind of a year in the making this first season with a lot of delays and such. I wonder what's going on um, that allowed that had happened. So now that it's like, it's finally here and it's finally going to be shown to the world. Like, what are you most excited for audiences to really, to really witness now that we finally can see it? I'm most excited for the audience to witness how much power girls have and this show is centered around girls basketball and you don't really see a bunch of that in the media and in tv and girls are just as strong as guys and i think this is going to be a really inspirational show for the younger girls in the audience watching this and speaking of inspiration it's just i i saw this poster and when we saw the promotional poster and I just saw this, all these wonderful actors surrounding John Samos, who's in there. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of like when we were in high school and we, you and I particularly talked about representation in the media and particularly the lack thereof of Filipino actors and actresses in the media. And it warms my heart to kind of, to see you kind of pave the way of these and just and being the one of the people to to mark this change in the industry. So how does that feel to actually have to be a part of that and finally be seen in the media? It feels incredible. Um, I don't know how to put it in any other way, but I think representation is just so important because media is all consuming. You 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 can't go a day without consuming some sort of media and it's it's very comforting to know that there are going to be girls who are younger than me that will grow up and not have the problem of feeling invisible in media and I grew up loving Leia Salonga she's uh, the original Kim in Miss Saigon and she's a Filipina she's incredibly talented and I remember growing up just obsessed over her because she looks like me and 
that never really happened for me until I saw her audition for Kim. And I'm really excited to be, hopefully, someone's Leia Salonga. And kind of brings a chair to my eye to think about that because there's, there's, you've, you've always been very passionate as a performer, but also you're very passionate just for the whole process in general. Like the performing aspect is of course is your main thing, but like then the behind the scenes. So I do need to ask, cause this is since your big break in the industry, how did that transition go for you? And did you learn anything about yourself as an actor or just as an artist seeing all these, these season, uh, being with these seasoned um, actors and crew members on set? Yeah, I feel like when we were in high school, I was obsessing over the process of being an actor and Meisner and all of these different theories of acting. And I, I feel like it was helpful. It's still helpful now, but working with seasoned actors and being on an actual set, like an actual big set, I realized, yes, all of that is important, but it's also very important to just let go and be human and just embrace the spontaneity that could come up from, you know, improving with John because he's a very relaxed, free, spontaneous performer. And that really helped me as an artist. And was there any um, last question before, before we, cause we can talk all about this show. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just so much to talk about, but is there anything else that you learned from maybe the other, some of the other actors that, that you want to continue learning moving forward? I feel like I have a lot to learn because I mean, as artists in general, we, we never stop learning and that's why I love it so much. But I have to reinstate the fact that I, I'm, I'm learning to let go and I'm, I'd, I'd like to learn how to let go a lot more because I, there's something so beautiful about just random happy accidents. And we just, yeah, it's, it's a learning process. It's a, it's a work in progress. But thankfully, you know, this is just the beginning. And this is, this just marks a new whole chapter in your journey as an actor, as a performer, and eventually maybe running your own production company. (laughs) Yes. Which would be very nice. Well, Tisha, uh, it's fun that I had to go through your publicist for us to be able just to have a proper conversation with you in a long time. (laughs) Um, But it's been lovely talking to you and I cannot wait to see more that you do. Truly, my friend, seeing this finally happening, the recognition you deserve, it's it's truly inspiring. So congratulations, my friend, truly. Thank you. You can check out Tisha Custodio on Big Shot premiering on April 16th on Disney+. Plus. My name is Kiefer Cartin, reporting for Kids First. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our latest reviews or interviews. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. 
Make sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, Kids New Reviews, and more. This show is sponsored by Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Live from Mount Olympus from Trax. Once again, thank you so much. I'm Zoe, and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.